You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fratinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten Podcast. I'm Jake Fratinsky, joined by my co-host, Corbin Bryant. Corbin, this is a interesting Buffalo Bills squad because they won over the Falcons 29 to 15. Everyone listening knows that right now, but it wasn't necessarily the win that I think a lot of us expected, particularly the two of us. We expected the Bills to really take it to the Falcons and dominate. And it looked like that was going to be the case until, of course, Josh Allen drove the ball all the way down the field to then make a really, really poor decision and throw his first of three interceptions. Yes, three interceptions. Now, two of them were tips. One was definitely a bad decision, but he did manage to get it going on the ground. And of course, we had Devin Singletary and Zach Moss really succeeding in the ground and ground and pound game. At this point in time, I... I, I don't know what to take from this game. All I think I can take from this game is the Buffalo Bills are resilient and they might have a run game at this point. Corbin, maybe you can talk a little to that. You know, being a former pro, you know what it's like to sometimes things are working, sometimes they're not. What's going on with the Bills run game? Is it maybe this silver lining that, all of a sudden we have a run game and teams need to be concerned about that? Jake, I don't think teams need to be concerned with our run game. I, I say on this episode every week that we are not that kind of running team. But looking at what we did yesterday, I mean, Devin Singletary, 23 carries, 110 yards. Like, when is the last time we've seen that? Was it like, like last season? Like, he, he outrushed Josh Allen for once. I mean, When's the last time that's happened? What I've seen from Devin Singletary is, man, he's running with toughness. He's running with heart. He's running like he knows people have been talking about. And he's running like he wants to get a contract. And he's running like he, like his, pretty much his career depends on it. And that's what we love. We love, we love guys that go in, they see their faults, and they go in and they improve. So, and, and, and it's really crazy that, he's getting the bulk of the carries. Like Zach Moss, he's got, you know, four or five here. We haven't seen Burita. Where's, where's Burita gone? You know, we were talking about him weeks ago as the catalyst. And now it seems like Devin, Devin Singletary has really taken over. But another thing that, I, that I've seen, our offensive line is really blocking a lot better. Now, granted, the, the Atlanta Falcons are the 32nd ranked team in pass rush. I mean, they're, they're ranked, you know, relatively low in as far as like total team defense. So take that with a grain of salt. But again, this is the National Football League. And to go out there and offensive line pushing those guys around like they were, like it's, you know, it's it's pretty impressive. 
like I, I really enjoyed and I really enjoyed seeing Ryan Bates out there as well. I know he got nicked up a little bit in the game, but he has really been playing well for us as as alongside all, all the other guys we have as well. So are we a running team? No, I will I will not declare that. We we are not changing our ways at the end of the season with one game left. But to see us have a run game in the cold and we're gonna have a home game in the playoffs, I love it. Yeah, we know that times are going to get tough in the playoffs. There's going to be some gritty games. It's nice to see that if we need it, there seems to be a run game of some sort. Devin Singletary, of course, like you said, went off. We have not seen it in a long time, but it's the way he's running. And you talked about the physicality. He has not been a physical runner all season, but... Boy, oh boy, he went off. He really looked tough in that game. He was gaining yards after contact. We know the Bills don't have a great offensive line. So we know that a running back is going to have to fight through contact. And he seems to be doing that, or at the very least, becoming a little more comfortable with taking the body and then moving forwards. And that seems to be working. So I'll say this. Yes, the Bills are not a run-first team. They will not be a run-first team. But when in doubt, Singletary can step up when we need him. And so can Josh Allen, of course, rushing for two touchdowns. Really, the red zone, again, we're finding ways to score. And that's what we want. Doesn't matter if it's a messy win. It's a win nonetheless. That's what we want. We want to stack those wins. And that is exactly what the Buffalo Bills are doing. You mentioned someone important there, and that's Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates had his number called, and he's shown up. He has looked really good. Is he great? No. Is our offensive line great in any standard? No. But they're getting the job done. They're protecting Josh Allen a little bit better. They did against New England. They did it again now. They did it, of course, in the second half against the Buccaneers. So we have seen that the offensive line with this unit, this I should call new unit, with Ryan Bates, with Daryl Williams playing guard, with Spencer Brown at right tackle, it seems to be working. The offensive line is doing enough to give Josh enough time to see down the field. I got to give some love to my boy Gabe Davis. He has looked unbelievable. The hands on this guy, man, that catch he made that, of course, got reversed. They said it wasn't a catch, but then they, of course, challenged. They looked at it. He clearly made the catch. This guy's hands are unbelievable. Corbin, is he the future of the Bills offense with Stefan Diggs? Is he our number two moving forward? Is he our number two going into the playoffs? Because he sure is starting to look like it. Jake, when, when you look at our team, right, we have – a guy in Stefan Diggs who's a, a, a superstar wide receiver. We have an aging uh, slot receiver in, in Cole Beasley who's, you know, this, this may be his last year with us, but he's still very productive, still one of Josh Allen's top targets. And then you have Gabe Davis. Um, we haven't seen e Emmanuel Sanders here in a while. He's been hurt. Um, so Gabriel Davis has really been taking his, his opportunities, and he has been – um, executing on those opportunities. And as a younger guy, this is Gabe Davis' second, this is his second year in the league. And from a GM's perspective, and I, and I know how they think, they want to see the guys that they draft 
continue to improve and move up the ladder. And what he's been putting on tape has been incredible. He's making catches, making the tough catch, not the easy catch, the tough catch. You mentioned the one on the sideline, but he's made some tough catches across the middle that guys are, you know, the safety's coming across and he's hitting the guy. So when you see guys making tough catches like that in the cold, you saw our, our punt returner, he Stevenson, he, you know, he has some trouble with the ball. So to so to catch the so to catch the ball in the cold and being hit at the same time, I mean, the, the guy is is very talented. I, I've said this on the show in the past as well. He's a guy that if he continues to improve and if he has a year next year, like he's having this year, he's gonna be poised to get paid. What he brings to the table, he brings great route running, he brings speed, he brings some size. So to where that when we're running the ball, he can block in the run game as well. So he's a guy that I think, like, yeah, he has to continue to improve. He's he's put a lot on tape this year for for our front office to look at. But is he going to be our second receiver next year? Oh yeah, I, I we can we can. You always want to look for guys that you can count on. One, and you always want to look for guys that are productive. Can you count on them? Yes. Is he productive? Yes. There you go. He should be our he should be our number two next year. But who knows what the, what Brandon Bean's thinking? But I, I like what I see from Gabe Davis. Let's get your take on your position in Harrison Phillips. Horrible Harry had himself a game. The defensive line had themselves a pretty good game. Again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It was the Atlanta Falcons. But still, we saw some stuff from him. Of course, Greg Rousseau strips. Strip sack fumble on Matt Ryan. Harrison Phillips picks it up. He was making some impacts on the game, including some big hits, a sack. Ed Oliver was getting involved. The defensive tackle position seems to be making an impact, particularly when it comes to the pass rush. And that's something we as Bills fans have not seen for quite some time. We're seeing some success up the middle. What do you account that towards? Well, one thing I've been seeing from Harrison Phillips, Jake, is that he's using his hands really well. A lot of people think defensive line, you're going in there, you're shouldering guys, and, you know, you're just using, you know, you're bench pressing guys and doing all that. No, he does a great job of, number one, he plays with great extension, which gives him, which gives him a chance to make moves on offensive guards. There were a couple of times yesterday where they, they would slide away from him and he's lined up on the center, and the guard would take him, and that means he has to attack in that vertically in that direction. So once he has that extension, he can use his hands and his power to push the pocket, which is huge, especially like with with quarterbacks like like Matt Ryan, who they, he is going nowhere. He's a statue in the pocket. So if you can com- converge and, and and crush the pocket, he has nowhere to go. So he's pretty much going to have to curl up and fall down. The Bills defensive line had a great game plan yesterday. They kept Matt in the pocket. He can he can roll out just, just a little bit, but they kept him in the pocket, and they were able to get after him any way that they could because he can't move. And then you look at a guy like Ed Oliver. He's I call him Mr. Explosive. He gets off the ball. You know, he does what a prototypical three technique should do. Very fast first step. He gets across the line of scrimmage. He goes across with bad intentions. And when he's doing, and when he's playing at a high level, like he's he's making he's wreaking havoc in the backfield, whether it's with a TFL or whether he's hitting the quarterback or sacking the quarterback. And the and and the position that loves that the most 
is our defensive ends because once the, once the quarterback is being flushed out of the pocket, the defensive ends rolling around the edge. I mean, it, you know, a guy like Matt Ryan, he's easy to catch. So the defensive tackle position and 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 our guys, Harrison Phillips and Ed Oliver and the, and the rest of the guys that are coming in behind them are making a huge impact on the game with their technique, their power, and the way they're they're pursuing the quarterback. Definitely got to be impressed with what the defensive tackle position is doing. I, I love the way you broke that down because we're seeing a bunch of different things happen, and it seems like the Bills are taking off at the right time. When we look at our defense, of course, they've been the number one defense, but it's also now who's making an impact and how are they going to make an impact moving forward, going into the playoffs, knowing things are going to get tougher. It's nice to see that a guy like Ed Oliver, a guy like Harrison Phillips are turning it up now. You don't want them turning it up early on in the season, although there's nothing wrong with it. You want them to get comfortable now. You want them being active, getting into the back, getting those TFLs, tackles for losses, sacks. That's what we want to see from this defense. We can't just rely on our secondary, which has been phenomenal all season, including Dane Jackson, of course, and Levi Wallace. We got great safeties, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. The list goes on. But really, we're starting to finally see some penetration from the defensive line. And I'm just so pleased with what I'm seeing from the Bills defensively. I want to talk a little bit about the playoff picture here because there's a few different scenarios, a few different teams that the Bills are likely to play. Number one, most likely scenario is they're going to play the New England Patriots. Assuming the Buffalo Bills win this week, New England wins this week, and of course the Cincinnati Bengals win this week. Assuming that all happens, the Bills will be taking on the Patriots and it will be at home in Buffalo. Now, if the Bills win, New England wins, which I think are very, very likely scenarios. If the Cincinnati Bengals lose, the Bills would therefore move up to third. And this is still assuming Tennessee wins, Kansas City wins. We move up to third. Then we're either playing Indianapolis, the Los Angeles Chargers, or the final option is the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I believe the Raiders have the tiebreaker on the Colts. So if the Raiders beat the Chargers and Cincinnati loses, we will move up to third and we will take on the Raiders. But if the Chargers beat the Raiders, they would actually end up in the seventh seed. The Colts winning would move up and they would actually play us as the third versus the sixth. That to me is not ideal. So it, to me, the best case scenario is we win, the Bengals win, New England wins, we take on New England. But the worst case scenario would be the Chargers win and we then move up and the Bengals lose and we then have to take on the Colts, who you know I've said many times, I don't think is a good matchup for the Bills. They have an amazing run game. They have a very solid defense. And they have Carson Wentz, who just like you talked about, Matt Ryan not being mobile was really helpful for our defensive line. But can you imagine if you have a guy like Carson Wentz who can roll out, who can run the ball? It's not really a good matchup for the Bills. I want to get your comfort level. Are you thinking the Colts are the worst matchup? Are the Chargers a bad matchup? The Raiders, of course, are kind of an in-between team. 
I think New England's the best matchup. You you tell me where you're at right now. Jake, the, the Colts are definitely the worst matchup because honestly, the Bills are top tier still in, in defense, basically based on what we did in the first six or seven games before we played the Colts. And then we had that game against the Colts and they run straight down our straight down our, our throats. And people are looking at our defense like, wow, like this is like, you know, this is something that we we didn't expect. But the the Colts have probably the MVP of the league is between him. It's between uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor and Aaron Rodgers. I think Jonathan Taylor should win it because they're not the Colts are going nowhere without him. They have a, a, they have a top tier offensive line, which is a, a disadvantage for us. Our defensive line is good. But against that offensive line, it's, you know, based on what we saw from, you know, a few weeks back, it's, it's, it really doesn't look good. So, yes, the Colts are definitely a team that we, are, we want to try to avoid in a sense. But I, I think we will avoid them because the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Browns and we'll see the Browns a little bit tonight. They got eliminated from the playoffs, so they'll be Cancuning it pretty much. They'll be like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm ready to get on the plane. Where's the heat? I'm, I'm going to St. Lucia or, or whatever. So they, they're pretty much going to play give up. That's, 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 my, my, that's my prediction. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the Bills – they are more than likely going to play the Patriots. And is that something that I really like? Not really, because we're playing against Bill Belichick. You know, no matter what we did two weeks ago, the Bills are playing against a Bill Belichick coach team. So I would rank it like, okay, I think I would rather play the, the Raiders slash I would rather play the Raiders. Then I would go New England and then the Colts because I'm, I'm I'm just not trying to see that running game against our defensive line or, or our front seven again because it just it, it's it's just not ideal for us so the more bad matchups we can avoid the better definitely the the most concerning of course being the Colts I I think that with New England we we have to look at it like this on a talent basis when we look position to position I think we're better than them in most categories, except coaching, which is, of course, a key piece in the mix. There is no question Bill Belichick is going to have his team prepared. That guy will never not have a team prepared. He will never not have a great game plan. However, we have Josh Allen. And to me, if Josh Allen is the Josh Allen that we've seen for the most part in the last three weeks, I think that we should be able to handle our business and beat teams like the Patriots if the Chargers can squeak in. Of course, the Raiders and the Colts. In all of those games, if Josh Allen plays the way he should be playing at that MVP level, I think we should win all those games. But my least favorite is, of course, the Colts. So let's just take... in. And let's just say, hypothetically, we're taking on the Patriots. What do the Bills need to do to win that game? Right now, when we're looking at the Bills, you know, two weeks away from the playoffs, what needs to happen for them to win the game? Is it keeping the ball away from New England's offense? Is it just Josh Allen balling? Is it putting a ton of pressure on Mac Jones? Or maybe it's all of those things. 
Jake, I honestly think we are kidding ourselves. Now, if we, we're kidding ourselves if we think we're going to go in there and just run the ball like we did yesterday. Like, but that's just, that's just not going to happen. Like, Bill Belichick has his defense built to stop the run. Now, have they been leaky? Oh, yeah. They, you know, we've, we've had some runs on them. A couple other teams, um, the Browns had some runs on them as well. But Devin Singletary is not getting 110 yards against the New England Patriots. That's just not going to happen. So the way that I continue to preach to beat a Bill Belichick-led team that is not going to let you throw the ball down the field is to continue to get your chunks down the field, and you have to beat them in the red zone. We have been doing fairly well in the red zone the past few weeks, and I, and I applaud the Bills because we have been awful in the red zone. What the Bills have been doing has been spectacular with the run pass options, and you know you have your your zone read, and you have um, Dawson Knox in a in a little bit of an outlet to give you an outlet to pass. Those 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 concepts have been working really well. So if we can continue to do well and, and win and score in the red zone, that gives you the best chance to be the Bill Belichick-led team, which is top five in, in red zone defense. And another thing that you need to do to beat a Bill Belichick-led team is you have to stop the run. Mac Jones is not going to beat you. Let's just, let's just be honest. The, 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 the Patriots have been beating people because they've been running the ball down their throats, and Mac Jones has been having a clean pocket to throw the ball down the field on play action. Now, if you can stop the run, which is not the Bills' best strong suit, the Bills are, are good, but they're not great against stopping the run. We just have to be honest about that as well. But that's what that's the second thing you have to do. You have to stop the run because if you can stop the run and put the game and get ahead and put the game in Mac Jones's hands, then that's a that's a I'll take that bet all day. We'll, 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 we'll beat the Patriots the same way we beat them last time. But we can't, we can't expect that. We don't know what the weather's going to be. The weather could be just as bad as it was a few weeks back, and we're, you know, they're running the ball on us 40 times again. But I, 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 like, us, I like the Bills against the Patriots. It's, I mean, as long as we can stick to the plan, not get too greedy, and not turn the ball over. That's the last thing you want to do against the Patriots, to turn the ball over. So if we don't get too greedy, we chip it down the field, let, let them take what, take what the defense has given you offensively and score in the red zone, easy victory for the Bills. For sure. When we look at this Buffalo Bills team, there is a lot of that risk-taking. Of course, with Josh Allen, we know that's going to happen but he really needs to be careful with the ball. We have seen a few games that have been concerning. This past week, we saw some poor decisions, some decisions that I've not seen Josh make in quite some time. So that is definitely a concern. I think it's not something we need to keep our eye on because if you make mistakes like that against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, you're not going to come out from that. You're not going to win the game if you make mistakes like that. You cannot have three interceptions and a fumbled recovery safety. None of that stuff can happen if you want to beat the Patriots. It has to be a clean game. It has to be a well-thought-out game. And Josh needs to be extra careful. If he doesn't see it, throw the ball away. That's something he's gotten better at. But then again, in the last week, we saw that he wanted to force the ball. And we don't need that. Our defense is good enough that we don't need Josh to force the ball. We don't need to put up 
30, 40 plus points every single game. You see that. I mean, we won this game 29 to 15. We gave up 15 points in the first half and then didn't give up one point in the second half. So we know that our defense is very strong. We know that we don't need to put up huge points. It's always great to, but it's more important that Josh is careful with the ball and smart with the ball. That's what we need. Now, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, I want to talk about the upcoming game. Bills take on the New York Jets. All they got to do is handle their business. They take care of their business. They win the game at home. They take the AFC East. Simple as that, right? Mm. We know the Buffalo Bills. They never make it simple. They never make it easy. I know the New York Jets are halfway to Cancun, but they still like to play spoiler. Everyone knows you always show up and you play your hardest. Now, I don't think the Bills are losing this game, Corbin, but I'm going to give my score prediction, and it's not going to be 50-3. to It's going to be 28-10. to I still think it's a big win, but I don't think the Bills are going to dominate entirely in every aspect of the game, but they are going to handle their business. They're going to do what needs to be done. I think this McDermott-led team handles their business the majority of the time, and I think they're going to handle it on Sunday. And I should note, it's not at 1 p.m. It's actually being flexed to 425 Eastern time. So that makes things a little more exciting, a slightly more prime time. Corbin, you got a score prediction for this before we tie this episode up? Jake, let me, let, let me say this really quickly okay let, let me i want to tell everybody how these games go okay they come people can come out and they they play hard for about you know 15 minutes they want to see if you they're going to hit you real quick i've been in these games before and they go out there and they they execute a little bit and they get hot and they're feeling good and then they'll try to beat you but if the bills go out there and they stuff them and they stop them and then they're, they're Ah, uh, you know what? Like the teams are like, what's the point? Uh, like, you know, let's just get out of here healthy, and 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 it's fine. So the Bills aren't going to blow them out. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I would say 24, 24 to ten. I'll I'll give them one touchdown. I think Zach Wilson has some talent. I mean, but I mean, the Bills are going to come out of this thing fine. Hopefully, we come out of this game. First off, healthy. Let's let's just make sure we take care of our guys. If we get to that point where we're beating them, but this is this this is going to be a, a good game to continue to push momentum towards the playoffs because essentially every game we're playing from here on out is a playoff game. And this game against the Jets is, should just be a primer. Let's look at what we're trying to do against a New England or a, a Indianapolis or or a Las Vegas. Let's look at what we're going to do against these teams and let's try and let's just try and run some of this stuff so we can so we can feel good about where, what we're going to be um, the next week at home. So 24 to 10 bills. That's, that's what it's going to be. I like it. I think the bills have this game in the bag. I think they're going to win. They're going to move on. They're going to, at the very least have home field advantage in the first round, which is not something either of us expected. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I thought the bills were done. I didn't think they were going to the playoffs. It does help that we didn't have a strong division. It gave us an opening and look, we took on the Patriots for the second time and we handled our business. We did our job. We took care of the ball. 
We took care of Mac Jones and we didn't let him go off. We didn't let the run game get going. I'm expecting something like that against the Jets and then expecting that against the Patriots once again. I do like that we're playing at home if we win. That's a big thing. That home field advantage, particularly when you have such a great fan base, I think that can only help you. It only gets the team more pumped up. Josh Allen, I don't think we'll be nervous. I think he's been in this place. The Bills have been there before. They did it last season. They moved through the playoffs. So those nerves hopefully won't be there the way they may have been there last season because the Bills are now becoming a little more experienced. There's a few veterans on this team that know what they're doing. They know how to handle their business. I keep saying that, but that's really what it is right now. you got to just handle your business game by game. Let's not look at the playoffs. Let's just focus on taking care of the Jets And that's what the Bills are going to do Sunday afternoon. Everyone, thank you again for listening. This is the final time that we will be reviewing an upcoming season game. And after that, Corbin and I are going to be talking playoffs. So tune in to us every single week, Wednesdays. Thank you so much. Corbin, go Bills. Go Bills. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.